brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. Midi clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Dave Lackham from Odd Chopper. Back again into the second half of the season. It moves fast. We got 14 games to touch on today. A Germany contest, uh, Sunday night, Monday night, an interesting Thursday night game that we'll get to. Mind you, I'm doing this on Wednesday afternoon. Things will change. Injury reports will roll in. We're trying to get ahead of everything. And certain times it's not going to be, uh, we're not going to be afforded that luxury. So we just won't have news. Josh Allen being an example right now. Who knows what's going on? The line says a little something there, but we'll hit on all of that. Every game picks for each one of them. That's why you're here. Hit that thumbs up if you enjoy this stuff. You want to help support the channel. Subscribe to the channel. Leave a comment down below and follow me at Lafay underscore D on Twitter. L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. And remember, we're never going to like every game. We're not coming in here going, all right, got every game on here. Just straight parlay every one of them. It can't miss. It will miss 100%, almost 100% of the time. We're going to pick our spots, find the best ones, and make it happen. Let's get it going. First up, Falcons at the Carolina Panthers, Thursday night football. Now, these teams played a couple of weeks ago. It went crazy. What was it? 37-34 game, 38-35. Either way, a lot of points scored, soared over the total. DJ Moore and the miraculous catch late in that game to send it to overtime and then disaster struck for the Panthers. Falcons eke that one out. I don't think lightning strikes twice in the same place here. Now, let's be clear about something. Falcons laying two and a half on the road. They are actually the better team. The Panthers traded away Christian McCaffrey. Robbie Anderson, not to say he's having a stellar season, but he's gone. Terrace Marshall has been solid in the past couple games it's fine you know he's getting involved they did spend a pretty early draft pick on him and dj moore has been the guy but like do we really expect Dante foreman to rip off another huge three touchdown game 
This is an Atlanta Falcons team on the other side of this, though, for Thursday night football that doesn't want to throw the football. They want to run the football as much as possible against a team that just coughed up 4,000 yards and four rushing touchdowns to Joe Mixon last week. Cordero Patterson's back. They intentionally limited him a little bit. Uh, Arthur Smith did because they're on a short week, but he's good to go. The run game looks solid. This is an overall better team that, believe it or not, is in contention. Like the Atlanta Falcons right now could unbelievably win their division in the NFC South. This game actually means something significant to them. Whether they're for real or not, they're probably not. Like we know that. Their secondary is not very good. They're banged up. But they still have something to play for, right? And at this point in the season, you're going to play for it. Another thing, too, you've got this defensive line banged up for Carolina. Uh, that's an issue because it's a short week. You know, a very short week for Carolina here going up against the Panthers team that can is going to attempt to run the ball down their throat. They are the better team. This was three. I was talking earlier about uh, taking it at two and a half and just paying a few extra cents on it. This was the video I did yesterday. But at this point, it moved against us a little bit. I still like the Falcons minus two and a half here just to win by a field goal. This team has covered a lot this season. They've played competitive games. I think you get a field goal win here from the Falcons on Thursday night. And if you're going to do it, DraftKings is the one that's laying that two and a half line. Uh, right now, DraftKings, you get $200 for free in free bets when you put $5 on literally any money line there is. If that money line wins, or it's that, that team wins, you're getting $200. $5 money line favorite. We don't, don't bet a dog, bet a favorite. $5 money line. If that wins, $200 in free bets. Now, easy enough since college basketball is just massive favorites every single week. Pick the biggest favorite. Put five bucks when you use the link that we have posted in the description and in the pinned comment. Click that, sign up, put $5. That's all it has to be on any money line. That's it. Just a money line. Big favorite. Find the one that's like minus 12,000 in college basketball. You're going to find one. And when they win, because they will, you're getting $200 in free bets. New bankroll, new site, new odds. It's a beautiful thing. Take advantage of it. DraftKings, link in the description and in the pinned comment. All right, next up. Seahawks at the Bucks. How about this Seahawks team? They're playing fantastic football right now. Like I'm not saying they're going to go on to win the Super Bowl, but they're kind of for real. Like this defense has some players right now, and they've been able to stop teams in both phases. The the, the secondary looked awful earlier in the year. They really shored things up there. Geno Smith looks good. You have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Kenneth Walker. When you look at this team, if you step back, take a thirty thousand foot view of this team, and not just you know, get stuck in our own biases that we thought earlier in the season. We always knew they had the pieces on offense. It was can Geno Smith step up? And he has in a huge way. And the defense has been above league average over the last month of football. On the other side, you got the Bucs. Uh, they can't they can't put it together. They, they were gifted that win by the Rams last week. Good thing, too, because we had them uh, minus two and a half points. So we'll take it. Uh, and the Rams offense is terrible, which is exactly why we bet Tampa anyway. But Brady couldn't punch one in the end zone until there were 10 seconds or whatever left on the clock. They're still struggling. They cannot run the football. Worst rushing team in the league. There's nothing that's working for them right now. And defensively, they still have some weapons uh, in the secondary. They can really clog things or they can really mess things up for opposing passers. But I'm looking at this and I'm saying their run defense has struggled. And, 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 and now you've got Kenneth Walker, who's absolutely able to take advantage of that. I'm not saying the Seahawks outright win this easily 
But if they're getting a field goal, and mind you, this isn't in Tampa. This is in Germany, so it's a neutral field. Give me the Seahawks with the way that they play right now. Fantastic football. Give me the team that's playing better, that looks like a competent football team, getting a field goal from them all day long. All right, Jaguars at the Chiefs. I think this is a big bounce back spot for the Chiefs. Now, they're laying nine and a half. You got a 50 and a half point total. Obviously, they got the win last week, but if you look at it, it wasn't great. Mahomes threw for a million yards, but it was still a massive struggle throughout that game to put points on the board, and they needed overtime to beat a Titans team that had Malik Willis complete five passes on the day. I don't expect that to be the case for a couple of reasons. First of all, Travis Etienne is nice, right? You got a nice piece there on offense. Maybe you keep things competitive for a little bit, and they have some, some good players. But defense, their strength is the run game. Their weakness is the pass game. They're 27th in pass defense DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. Mahomes could have an absolute field day in this spot. And don't expect him to fold like Derek Carr did last week. I think that's more an indictment on Carr than anything else, because in the first half, he threw for 223 yards and two touchdowns. And the second half, he had 36 passing yards and no touchdowns. And the Raiders pulled another epic collapse like we've seen on multiple occasions this season. What is it, three already? This is a team right now in the Jaguars. It's coming off a big comeback victory. The Chiefs coming off a sluggish game. They get this one at home. I think they could blow the doors off this Jaguars team here. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to provide enough offensive firepower to keep up. And Mahomes' arm should do the rest of the work. Laying the nine and a halves on the Chiefs. Texans at the Giants. There might be, and I'm, this is hyperbole, but like 80 combined rushing attempts in this game. There's going to be a lot. The, the, there's no way that these teams don't just want to run the football, right? You have both of them are incapable of stopping the run. Giants, 5.5, five and a half yards per attempt on the ground allowed. Texans, 5.4. I really don't love this game, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised at all to see a low-scoring kind of close affair. The problem is that this just went from Texans six and a half this morning when I was starting this video to Texans plus four and a half. So at that point, I'm probably leaning Giants here. I, I probably now that I think I probably leaning Giants here. I, I would have liked Texans plus six and a half, but you're down to four and a half. I'll lean Giants, but I don't really like this game at all. And plus, the total is so low that even if you're going under 41, there's still not a lot of meat left on the bone. Pretty much a pass between the Texans and the Giants, but both running backs should have themselves a very nice day. Vikings at the Bills. All right, let's be very clear about this. We have no idea what's going on here. If Josh Allen plays, I think I'd honestly bet the Bills up to a touchdown. The Vikings haven't had a convincing win all season long. If you're a Vikings fan out there, congratulations on the seven and one. I, I'm not I'm not shitting on the Vikings. What I'm saying is we have not seen a decisive convincing win. We've seen some great hard fought victories, some solid comeback wins, but we haven't seen one where they can really, really fight. And the Bills are coming off an ugly, almost embarrassing. And again, the Jets are playing great, but you could tell Josh Allen and this team were pissed. They didn't think they should lose that game against New York. And they did. And they couldn't move the football. They couldn't punch it in the end zone. I think the Bills could come out here if Josh Allen is active and he's okay and really do some damage. But we have no idea. We have no idea. Like the total on this game has come down to 44 from 46. Uh, the Bills are are hovering between three and a half and four point favorites. It, it, if Josh Allen doesn't play, I'll just not bet this game because who knows what we're going to get out of Case Keenum. I would probably still lean Buffalo. I still think overall they're the better team, 
but not a game I love. If he plays and say it moves to like six and a half, I think it'd probably be more than that. But if it does and you can get in that early, then this is a spot where I absolutely love the Bills. But we have to wait. We have to pay attention. Just keep your eyes peeled for any Josh Allen practice participation news. We might be able to get a good jump on this before the line moves. Browns at the Dolphins. Cleveland, three and a half point road dogs, 48 and a half point total here. How about this? The Browns have played eight games this season and they've lost only one of them by more than three points. That was that ugly loss to the Patriots. The Dolphins defense can't stop anybody and nobody can stop the, the Dolphins offense, okay? Wouldn't be shocked at all if this game goes over. I do like over 48 and a half points here in Miami. I also wouldn't be surprised if the Browns keep it close. We, we have seen the, 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 the Miami Dolphins put up a ton of points, but they also are incapable of slowing teams down. So there's just pure shootout conditions. You look at the Detroit Lions, then uh, Chicago Bears playing much better football. We'll get to them in just a second. But they can't stop opposing teams. And while Jacoby Brissett is not particularly great, Amari Cooper is very good. David Njoku is a strong enough uh, tight end. And in the run game, while Miami's defense is, is stronger on the ground, you still have to contend with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. If they get phased out of the game, this could get pretty ugly quick. But assuming it's competitive throughout and they're active, I think the Browns can cover this at plus three and a half. Uh, you know, you're getting them just lose by a field goal. But more than anything, I like the Dolphins. Uh, or sorry, I like the total in this, the over 48 and a half points. Until the Dolphins can show us that they can slow teams down competently through the air, this could be another one of those games that sees a whole lot of scoring. Broncos at the Titans. All right, real fun game here. The Broncos are one of the teams that have been just impossible to figure out this season in terms of whether or not they're going to, to come out and, and compete. But for the most part, they just haven't. They have not been unpredictable in the sense of these games going under. Even if it's Tannehill or Malik Willis on the other side of this one for Tennessee, I know this total is super low, but I'm looking at a, a 2017 game maybe here. I Broncos still, even without Chubb, Bradley Chubb, still have a good defense, very good defense. Very, very strong secondary. Patrick Sertan may be the best corner in the league. That is their strength. They play to the under every week because their offense stinks. Their defense is great. And the Titans defense, bend but don't break last week. They're definitely improved. And they have a, a dominant offense, a defensive line, just big dudes that'll get after you. I think this game could legitimately go under 38 and a half points here. Just very, very slow paced game. A ton of Derrick Henry attempts drain the clock, slow uh, a slow, slow pace of play, and you get under 38 and a half. If I have to take a side, I would go Broncos plus three because kind of as bad and, 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 and miserable as this team has been to watch this season, they're still one of these teams where if they're not facing a dominant offense, even sometimes that they are, they can keep games competitive. And that's what I see here, right? Kind of like that Chargers game, uh, the Colts game, of course, they lost by by three in that one, but another one, real close. Uh, just playing a ton of close games. Uh, so instead of taking the favor, give me the dog here because I think the Broncos, whether they win or lose, keep this game very competitive because almost entirely of their defense. All right, here's a fun one and one I really like this week. Lions at the Bears. Probably my favorite bet of the week. The Bears offense is humming right now. Matt Eberflus... Luke Getze finally figuring out, and, and, and I'm not saying this to, it's a derog in a derogatory way, like they figured out how to get fields 
playing his best football, right? More options, more design runs. He, he absolutely destroyed Miami on the ground last week, but their defense couldn't stop anybody. Against, you know, arguably right now, the most electric offense uh, and, and, and quarterback to wide receiver battery in the league with Tua Tagovailoa and, and, and Tyreek Hill, and then throw Jalen Waddell in there as well. The Lions don't have that. You do have Amon Ross St. Brown, but you got Jared Goff throwing to him. DeAndre Swift played 10 snaps last week, and I don't think Dan Campbell has much incentive to play him a whole lot more than that going forward in another lost season. Jamal Williams is fine, but he's not a game breaker at all. The, the Bears have figured something out on offense. There's no doubt. Justin Fields is the X factor, clear as day. And I think they're going to continue to score points. I think this should be more than three points at home. Again, think about this. The Bears recently, over the last few weeks, they have played very competitive football. I mean, yes, against, against Dallas, sure. They got crushed, but it was the defense against a good Dallas offense. Against New England, they won by 19 points. And then against Miami, they lost by three points. The Dolphins posted 32 points. So if the biggest concern here is the defense, and you're going up against this Detroit offense, that away from home outside of a dome has been dismal. And it's not going to be nice in Chicago this week at all. It's going to be cold as shit from what I've seen. If that's the case, give me the Bears laying three points all day here. Saints at the Steelers. I'll make this one very quick, okay? I want nothing to do with this. You guys asked me to give a pick for every game. Just in the event, maybe you're watching that one. I don't know. Steelers plus one and a half, sure. And it was plus two and a half, so we're losing some value there. But if Andy Dalton starts again, I have no confidence that he can figure it out. They went from looking great against uh, Las Vegas in week eight to looking incapable in week nine. You don't know what you're going to get from this team from week to week. Uh, even if Jarvis Landry plays, can they get on the ball? And with the Steelers, I mean, the defense has had some impressive games. But with the offense, sure, Pickens is, is a guy that you love to see going forward. He's a bright young player. But this team has nothing on neither of these teams. Have anything to convince me? That one or the other should be favored, or one of the other should be should be back in a spot like this. So Steelers plus one and a half, metaphorical gun to the head. Aside from that, I want nothing to do with it. And the Colts and Raiders, how about this one? The Colts just bring in Jeff Saturday. <sighs> Jeff Saturday as the interim head coach. Nobody saw that coming. And then Parks Frazier is calling plays. Now, a little background on this guy. Uh, he was Frank Reich's basically co-personal assistant, you know, and and they were close with each other in the sense if Frank would run things by him. We saw where that got you, Frank. Uh, but who knows? They literally didn't have any guys that have played calls or called plays in this offense before. Maybe Jeff Saturday can come in and sure up the offensive line, but it seems like he's just there more for morale than anything else, right? As a CEO, so to speak. I have no idea. Maybe the Colts come out with some trickery. Right? Like, remember the, the the Ronnie Brown with the Wildcat back when it worked for a game against the Patriots? And then people saw the tape and the coaches saw the tape and they go, okay, we know what they're going to do here. And then, you know, it's used very scarcely these days. Maybe they do some wild shit like that. I don't know. But the Raiders on the other side, they've been terrible. They blew a huge lead last week in Jacksonville. Devontae Adams looked like he was going to have an historic effort. And then he just disappears in the second half. No fault of his own. Derek Carr forgot how to play football. So, yeah, I mean, Raiders laying six, can they win by a touchdown against this Colts team? I think they can. Should we feel good about either team? No. Should we feel good about the under 42 and a half? Probably. 
I mean, honestly, yeah, that's probably where I'd look to go here. Under 42 and a half. Uh, I don't expect Sam Ellinger and company to put up a lot of points. Whether Jonathan Taylor's back or not hasn't made a difference. Unless they really fixed up the offensive line, you're dealing with another shit show in Indianapolis. And I just can't bet right now on Parks, Frazier, and uh, and Saturday to, to turn this team around in the matter of less than a week. So lean Raiders minus six, but I like under 42 and a half here for sure. Packers at the uh, hosting the Cowboys. Cowboys five point favorites, forty three point total. Let's be. Let's just make this simple. I'll start backing the Packers when they look even remotely competent. Am I wrong? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is playing really poorly right now. This guy had two goal line interceptions against pretty almost almost definitively the worst defense in football in the Detroit Lions. They've lost five straight games, and they've had so many missed opportunities. My biggest concern here is even if they fix a couple of those issues the Packers don't look nearly as bad as they have over the past few weeks but are the wheels just falling off have the wheels fallen off already you know and they're just sparks throwing up sparks down the street I would say yes but I don't know like Ezekiel Elliott is questionable it doesn't really matter much Tony Pollard's perfectly reasonable um this is one of those spots where you're just talking about a Packers team that until they make things right, until they can figure the, and then Romeo Dobbs is out now too. So you're throwing the Alan Lazard, you're throwing the Robert Tunyon, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, who's done nothing in his rookie season. And Aaron Jones, while he said he's probably going to play, he's nursing an ankle injury. I don't know. You tell me. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll fade the Packers until I can't anymore. Dallas Cowboys minus five, as, as tough as that is. Cardinals at the Rams. What can we say about these teams that hasn't been said already? Cliff Kingsbury is essentially on his way out the door. And Sean McVay championed as, you know, the young genius in the NFL coming off of a Super Bowl victory. He's even saying, like, I got to figure this out. I got to make things work here. Yeah, you do. You certainly have to make things work. I don't know how you're going to do it, though. Now Matthew Stafford's in, in, in concussion protocol as well. Their offense stinks. Jalen Ramsey called them out about this. Jalen Ramsey is like, listen, we shouldn't have had to come back on the field. We got that stop. With what was it, a minute and 10 remaining? We got that stop. Like, it's your guy's job just to get a first down. He's frustrated. The team's frustrated. Could they come out here and beat the Cardinals, who are, you know, just as as, as inept uh, and flat each week as the Rams? Sure. But with both of these teams being as bad as they've been, giving the Cardinals plus three, I really have no idea if Matthew Stafford's even going to play in this spot. I think DeAndre Hopkins can make a difference. And the Rams' run game is so bad right now, I'm not quite sure how they competently function on offense, even against a bad Arizona defense. Not a game I love. Like I said, I'm telling you the guys, the games I like the most. But if I got to take something here, we'll go Cardinals plus three. Chargers at the Niners, then we'll close it out with Monday Night Football. The Chargers barely won that game against the Atlanta Falcons last week. It was, it was funny because you had the battle of the, the beat-up secondary playing practice squad players and then the the Chiefs pass, or the, the Chargers passing game that is without Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. My guess, even though Brandon Staley said Keenan Allen's day-to-day, is that Keenan Allen does not return and he returns next week. They want He already said he has to be 100%. And Mike Williams, he's out at least four weeks, so he'll miss another week unless something miraculous happens. Debo Samuel for San Francisco is questionable, but they still have Ayuk, they have Kittle, they have Christian McCaffrey, they have an excellent defense. They're a better team. 
and I see a lot of sevens here, but I found the six and a half as well. If you can get the Niners at home at six and a half, I think that's a real nice spot. Uh, so by the time this comes out, hopefully it's still there. Uh, I think it was over on FanDuel. If, if you can get the Niners at six and a half, I'm perfectly willing to get to that. Uh, not buying in to the LA Chargers right now, assuming they're down both of their top wide receivers. They have not looked all that good. Uh, and they also can't stop the run either at all. So that's another problem with the LA Chargers. Let's close it out with another one that I really do like. Monday Night Football. I'll have more for you on this on Monday as well. But I wanted to get in on it early. The Eagles are, are 10 and a half point favorites. I want to play this one a little bit differently. So the first game that Philly didn't win the first half straight up was last Thursday in Houston. It was tied 14-14. They came out flat. Let's be clear, though. Short rest from a Sunday to Thursday game. Road game still ended up winning by double digits. They didn't cover, but I, they win by 12. I think it was yeah, 29, 70, whatever. They still win by double digits. Now they basically had another bye week after basically, after coming off of a bye. Think about it. They played November 3rd. Now they don't play again until November 14th. That's, that's a lot of time off. They got a home game under the lights against the Washington Commanders. They have a plus 11, even after last week, they have a plus 11 point scoring margin in the first half this season. Washington is minus five scoring margin in the first half and 31st in first half points with six per game. Doesn't matter if it's Wentz or Taylor Heineke at the helm. We've seen that recently, even despite that three game winning streak before last week and the loss to Minnesota. Philly's averaging over 20 points in the game uh, per game in the first half. I really like the Eagles minus six and a half in the first half. They could take their foot off the gas. We've seen them get kind of sloppy in the second half. I think with all the rest that they've had at home, Monday night football, they come out hot early and get out to an early lead, go into the tunnel, go into the locker room at half, up by a touchdown or more. So Eagles minus six and a half in the first half. Appreciate you guys watching as always. We'll be back week 11 picks for every game right here on the Odd Shopper channel. Peace. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.